Welcome to the podcast series, Withers Talks Art. I'm Diana Werbicki, the global head of the Withers Art Law Group, and I'm delighted to be hosting this podcast series. In these podcasts, I have the pleasure of asking art-related questions to my Withers colleagues from around the globe. With me today is Kenny Mullen, a partner based in our London office. Kenny advises on IP, licensing, commercial technology, and data protection. A perfect person to talk to about what's going on in the art industry. Before we begin our discussion, I would like to remind you that anything discussed in this podcast is for informational purposes only, and we're not providing any legal advice. Kenny, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. What we wanted to start with is GDPR. Essentially, this deals with privacy law issues, and privacy is nothing new to the art industry. With the implementation of GDPR, what did that mean for the art industry? Where do things stand now? Well, GDPR is the General Data Protection Regulation, of course, which is a piece of European Union law which came into force across the EU on the 25th of May 2018. A lot of press coverage was apparent at the time, which noted uh, these hefty fines that were going to be imposed on organisations of up to 20 million euro. And obviously, one of the things that that did was raise awareness of privacy issues amongst many organisations and many at boardroom level within many industries, including the art sector as well. What did you find in the UK, the art galleries, different art businesses, what did they have to do to comply with GDPR? Well, I think we were looking very much from the point of view of where they were in their privacy journey. A number of them already were aware of the fact that they had obligations to keep client data confidential and they respected that. But it was also about this transparency issue. One of the key new principles under GDPR was the fact that you had to show what you were doing to demonstrate compliance, to be accountable to ensuring that in terms of data security, that all the necessary measures were being taken to keep uh, individuals' data secure. And also from the point of view of making sure that there was enough training so that employees who handled people's data were aware of those obligations as well. I love that you called it the privacy journey. I think in the US, we've had less press about GDPR, but we know that we are part of a global industry. So we've had a lot of questions of people thinking about their own privacy journeys here in the US. And what does GDPR mean for the galleries who are based in the US, but may be doing business with international connections as well? One thing it does mean is that a number of US businesses who didn't necessarily have to think too hard about EU privacy rules before now have to consider whether or not GDPR affects them. And certainly to the extent that those businesses are doing business with European-based customers uh, and handling those European-based customers' data and, and targeting marketing activities into Europe, then they certainly do need to consider GDPR requirements because it's pretty likely to the extent that they're focusing any of their business activities or have branches in the EU that they're likely to be affected by these regulations. We've been asked by several clients to take a look at website terms and conditions, privacy policies. Is that the first step that you would be advising clients to take a look at if they're not UK-based? In terms of dealing with the key principle, which is fair, lawful and transparent processing, yes. I also think it's an easy win in the sense that that is something that you can fix pretty easily. And also from the point of view that it's one of the most transparent features of what you're doing in terms of handling data. And it's obviously something that the regulator looked at what you were doing. They could pick on quite easily if you didn't have a privacy policy that complied with the regulation. 
One of the other issues I would certainly um, raise is the issue about data security. And certainly when you look at some of the largest regulatory fines to date, they have been imposed on organisations which have not kept individuals' data as secure as they could. What I find so fascinating about this is that you will have laws of one jurisdiction that can affect people in the industry outside of that particular jurisdiction. In the world that we live in now with the global economy where we're seeing trade as well as technology and the availability of information, I think that the biggest battle for the art industry is for these small companies to stay aware of everything that's going on globally. Coming 2020, we're really looking at how is the fifth AML directive going to change the landscape for art transactions? What are you seeing, Kenny, for what you anticipate to happen in the UK? This is another European Union regulatory initiative. This is the fifth anti-money laundering directive. We've had anti-money laundering regulation in the UK and other parts of Europe for quite a while now. But I think the big change for the art sector is that it is going to become what's known as a regulated sector. Really, what that means for a number of our clients is that they're going to be moving from being unregulated and simply having to report suspicious activity to actually having to take steps to proactively conduct active due diligence on clients and customers when they deal with them. That's really going to mark a step change in the way that they deal with clients galleries will have to be more proactive. I think some galleries are aware of the fact that this is coming down the pipeline. Others aren't necessarily as aware of the fact or they're maybe simply assuming that it's so far away or with uh, the UK leaving the European Union that they don't need to worry about it. It's another regulatory burden, I think, that like the GDPR is, is really going to affect a number in the industry the threshold is so low related to this. So the fact that this is affecting transactions as low as 10,000 euro, really this captures the entire art market. In the same way, when we were talking about this with GDPR, where this is a regulation that is directly affecting the UK, it's indirectly affecting businesses outside of the UK that are transacting globally. Can you tell us a little bit about what should people on the US side be thinking about when it comes to this anti-money laundering directive? Well, certainly if they're dealing with any branches in the EU, for example, which may be having to comply with these rules and also dealing with uh, counterparties based in the EU and the UK, they're potentially going to be asked questions about the source of funds. For example, they're purchasing works from an EU-based counterparty galleries, not just in the EU, but if you're regularly dealing with EU uh, counterparties, you're going to have to be prepared for the fact that there may be some more searching questions from those other parties that uh, you deal with. But we operate on a global level. You really have to make sure that you're getting that holistic advice as it relates to this. And there's so many moving pieces. You have GDPR and you have money laundering regulation. And Kenny, the two of us have discussed in the past about how there's a bit of a conflict between the two of those. Can you talk to us a bit about the interplay between those two regulations? You're right in the sense that if you look at these in isolation on paper, you seem to have two conflicting requirements. You have one set of regulations, the GDPR, which talks this idea of enhanced privacy protection for individuals in respect of their personal and private data. And then on the other hand, you have the anti-money laundering directive, which deals with information gathering and finding out more information about uh, the individuals you're dealing with or which individuals may be behind a client or an entity that you're having to act for. It's fair to say, though, that the GDPR makes 
an allowance for the fact that if you are under a regulatory obligation, as you would be under the anti-money laundering regulations to collect data, to comply with a legal requirement, then you're going to be able to do that. So I don't think GDPR is going to be a block. That said, though, I think if you are or you have been dealing with your clients on the basis that their data is going to be kept private, I think in terms of being fair and transparent with them, you're going to have to be uh, upfront, whether that be through your privacy statements or actively contacting them to make them aware of the fact that this change is coming down the pipeline. Another hurdle we have to think about that may change things is Brexit. It's something that applies and affects us here with regard to what we're talking about with GDPR and the anti-money laundering regulations. Any thoughts on how everything going on with Brexit could change the plan? We have to think about Brexit. We can't ignore the fact that it's potentially happening at the moment. And it may well be that the UK would leave without any form of transitional arrangement or withdrawal agreement with the European Union. That would mean there would be no longer an obligation to follow court decisions of the European Court of Justice or European regulation at a technical level. Although I think it would be very naive for anyone to assume that because of this, GDPR is no longer going to apply. It's very clear that the GDPR principles are going to be transposed into UK legislation. They're going to continue to be in force, albeit it will be regulated at a UK level. In relation to the anti-money laundering directive, the government in the United Kingdom currently has a consultation paper out to industries affected, asking them for their views, which is a clear signpost that it's certainly proceeding on the basis that it's going to implement the directive or certainly equivalent rules into United Kingdom law early next year. There's going to be a lot for the two of us to talk about and work through in the latter half of 2019 as we prepare for these changes in 2020. Kenny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure discussing this Our Law topic with you and to all of our listeners out there. Thanks for listening. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out.